0: Mary's life was a good one, as far as we know. Not extravagant, but not uncomfortable. Living as she did with her husband John and their two daughters in the preacher's house on Old Street in Ludlow, in the county of Shropshire, near the border of Wales. The house is still there now, more than 200 years later. Almost 250. With a TV antenna on the roof just down from Pepper Lane, opposite the fish and chip shop. John Edwards was a good man, a preacher but then most educated men were, a mathematician in his spare time. He worked hard preaching to his flock, taking in boarders to prepare them for university or poring over mathematics tables for the delightfully named Board of Longitude, trying to help sailors navigate the seas by the stars. He was an inventor too. The money he earned from the church and the boarders and the Board of Longitude was spent on caring for his family. What was left went on precious metals and equipment. He was trying to make new alloys to make better mirrors to make better telescopes. But this story isn't about John. John had a secret. John had a computer. And his computer was a woman. He had married her. Her name was Mary Edwards. This is Intersect from Communicating Science. You're listening to episode one, Mary, Mary, Quite Contrary. Sadly, we don't know much about Mary before John. Their names are too common. British records of baptisms and marriages are comprehensive, but too numerous. She was probably born around 1750. Unremarkable. Probably educated at home perhaps just a little more than was right given the time. But she had a keen mind and a keen spirit. We don't know when they met or when they married or when they had their daughters, but we do know that John took Mary and the girls to the preacher's house when he was appointed to Ludlow. By that time, about half of the family's income came from the Board of Longitude, since John was being paid for computing about six months of each year's astronomical tables. The thing was, from the start, It was Mary doing the computing. They say the work was laborious, but you didn't have to have a university education to do it. If doing seven or eight figure sex-decimal arithmetic equations sounds easy to you though, I'll tip my hat. Nevertheless, Mary didn't just do the calculations. She understood them, the astronomy and the mathematics. She was great at it too. Her error count was incredibly low and she was fast. In 1784, John fell, a martyr to the pernicious fumes of the metals, which was Mary's way of saying that he had inhaled toxic fumes whilst working on his telescope mirrors. So Mary was a widow. A widow with two daughters and a debt. John's work on telescope mirrors was expensive, and he had borrowed a lot of money in order to keep going. Money Mary didn't have. So she petitioned the Board of Longitude, asking to be allowed to continue to work. And she was. And the financial record seamlessly changed from paying John Edwards to Mary Edwards. And so Mary moved from the preacher's house with the girls and continued her work. In fact, she took on more. She started computing 12 months of each year's data in the Nautical Almanac. It was Mary and three other computers, computing each month's data once. Twice and a comparer, which compared them. Just a handful of people keeping navigation on the high seas safe. They were so efficient they started racing ahead. Five years. Eight years. Ten. The Board of longitude thought they'd gotten too far ahead so they suspended the computation work. Mary was concerned. It was her only income. Again, she petitioned the board, worried because her entire income depended on her work. The board conceded to give her a small sum each year as recompense for the lost wages. Neville Maskeline, a long-time family friend and the British astronomer Royal, and the creator and editor of the Nautical Almanac, helped out. He gave Mary extra work where he could find it. In 1797, computations resumed and Mary got back to computing 12 months a year. And things were good, Mary repaid the debts, the girls grew up smart and started helping Mary with her work. Eliza in particular was good at it, Mary grew older and Eliza helped more and more. When the Comparer died, Mary applied for the position. She wanted to move from her dark house on Brand Lane in Ludlow to an airy house with a garden. To help her health, that was beginning to fail from, as she described it, her sedentary employment. But she was denied the job. Instead, Maskeline shared the comparing work between her and the other computers. When the board appointed a new comparer, Mary thought that Maskeline had promised she could keep comparing for six months of the year. The board disagreed. The airy house with the garden got a little further away. When Masculine died in 1811, Mary found that the comparing work dried up completely. The computing work, too. Twelve months became eight. Her income dropped, but she was still supporting her daughters. So again she petitioned the board. And again they listened. Agreeing to pay her for almost twelve months of computing, even though she was only completing eight. Mary would never compare again, though. When Mary died four years later in 1815, 65 years old, a female computer and a formidable woman, her daughter Eliza took over. And she computed, doing the work that had been her mother's, until in 1832, when the board's work was relocated to London, to the Nautical Almanac office, where men in their suits couldn't handle the idea of hiring a woman. In fact, Civil law prevented it. The office wouldn't hire any women for another 96 years. Eliza wouldn't compute again. Mary's story is one of a strong woman. A smart woman. A woman willing to ask for what she wanted. A woman willing to demand fairness. But she was not unique. She was not the first computer, nor the only one of her time. Nicole-Jean Leporte was an 18th century French woman who made astronomical calculations. But she was wealthy. She moved in elite social circles, worked from her Paris apartment. Leporte didn't need the money, and was considered to be a colleague by French astronomers. Mary was never a colleague. She was an employee. No one at the Board of Longitude would consider her a scientist and certainly not an astronomer. Other female computers followed Mary. The 19th century saw trials with women in scientific roles. The 20th century did better. Now in the 21st, we're closer than ever to destroying the sexism that Mary so keenly sidestepped for most of her career. But we're still not quite there. Nevertheless, think of Mary and remember how she fought. Think of the hurdles, the petitions she wrote to overcome them, and her bravery in demanding fairness. Remember Mary Edwards? She deserves that. Intersect podcast is a story told each week about the life of a scientist. Intersect is produced by communicating science, bringing science to your daily commute. Find interesting science news twice a day on Facebook and Twitter by searching for commutersci. That's S C I. If you've got an interesting person you'd like us to talk about, let us know. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or via your podcatcher of choice. Music for Intersect comes from Poddington Bear. You've been listening to Intersect Episode 1. I'm Nate. Thanks for listening and catch you next time.